This episode of the Super Skill Podcast contains some explicit language that may not be suitable for young children. Remember, be like Captain America, watch your language. This week on Super Skull, Nerd Night Wrap Up, Batman vs. Soaperman, and Marcus loves BMB in a BNB. Alrighty, welcome to Super Skull, your weekly new comic day audio digest recorded live to tape from the bathroom at a Billy Joel concert. Satellite headquarters to Vault of Midnight, where it's finest comic books and stuff since 1996. I'm your host, Nick Weibar. I'm joined by uh, Marcus, Hungry Eyes Schwimmer. Good afternoon. Marcus, how are you? I'm, uh, I'm doing well. You look like you're doing well. Yeah, we both. You look hungry. I'm, I, needed, I had a bagel for breakfast, and I could, I could use some more. Curtis Sullivan, we're also joined by... Yeah, you can call me Sweet Baby. Sweet Baby Sullivan. And I'm happy to be here. Um, we're happy to have you here. For sure. Yeah, well. well. We got, it's another, uh, another slap-a-dash, packed-up week, you guys. Whole bunch of comics. Yeah. As per usual. But uh, we had kind of an exciting week over we, the past week, didn't we? Yeah. We, Super Skull's been active yeah. the last couple weeks. We had our first live oh, I, mm, podcast. I just said last couple weeks. I like that. That's good. No, it was good. We're going to yeah. roll with yeah. it. Yeah, okay. Live to tape. What part of live to tape don't you understand? I just don't like saying... Yeah. Okay, continue. It's really distracting because I can hear the Billy Joel concert going on from this bathroom stall that we're all crowded into right now. It's distracting for me, too, because I love Billy Joel so much. Yeah, it's hard to concentrate. I think he's playing... Uh, that River of Dreams song. I love that song. It's a good song. One of my favorite Billy Joel songs. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we did do a live podcast. It was for Nerd Night Detroit at the Tangent Gallery. We performed, I guess you would call it a performance. We drank a lot of beer. Yes. We sat in chairs. We sat in chairs. Yes. We uh, followed some experts in their field. Yeah. Talking about disaster management mm-hmm. and talking about uh, prosthetic limb technology. And then it was three jerkheads talking about comic books yeah. for, for twice their allotted amount of time. So we were given 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. We finally stopped talking, I think, around the 40 to 45 minute mark. Yeah. Um, but that being said, the people wanted the info, and we were there to feed them. Here's the thing. is Curtis uh, Baby Ray Sullivan was there. Yeah. And the people love him. That's they, true. They wouldn't let him off the stage. Well, what are you going to do? So we didn't, uh, you, you know how I know that I'm not prepared for something? So you guys saw they had like really nice PowerPoint. Oh, they were beautiful. Presentations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were very competent. They were great speakers. They had a lot of really great info. And I, for one, ripped my pants on my way up. Yeah. To, yep. to our live podcast. Right in the crotch area. Right in the Right in the front crotch. Yeah. It was like the most visible... Where like betwixt my legs and my nether regions. Right. So Super Skull, we do some things really well, um, but one thing that I think we could probably work on is we thought we were going on first. Yeah. So when we found out that we were we were the closing ticket for the evening, we th- we thought we would sit around a bar and try to talk about what we were gonna you know really really rock the crowd with. Yeah. We didn't really do that. Three beers later. We forgot to make a plan. We forgot to make a plan, but that being said, I thought it went really well. That whole organization is so cool. Um, yeah, those guys are great. Nerd Night Detroit, man. Yeah. That and was a lot of fun. The cr- and the Tangent cr- Gallery, too. Yeah. What yeah, a cool place. Yeah, what was place. up with that place? That I was like it. a, it was like a old warehouse that they 
threw a bar in like an hour before we got there. It was totally cool. It was working. Yeah. yeah. I totally dug it. It had a cool stage. But the the people who came out to Nerd Night Detroit were like so engaging and it was awesome. It was cool to see. It was a packed house. Yeah. I it was it was one of those moments when like I sincerely wish that I didn't have a rip in the front of my crotch. Yeah. And a big three thanks to Bubba who did our sound engineering that night. And he was hanging out with us. And he was and hanging out with yep. us. That dude is awesome, and uh, he totally made it work for us in our super weird requests. Yeah, yeah. like having mics. But th- yeah, three, three wireless mics. mics. Yeah. yeah, it worked out really well. He, he, he manufactured them. Yeah, it was great. He apparated them. Thanks, Bubba. Nice Thanks, work, pal. Thanks, Bubba. I also really like saying Bubba. Yeah. So we're going to have that audio. We're going to throw it up of us um, bumbling around the stage at uh, Tangent Gallery, and we're going to put that... That'll that'll go live pretty soon, I think. Yeah, probably. Yeah, we hope. We hope, we hope so. In other news, Kids Read Comics is coming up June nineteenth to the twenty first. So it, this is an event in coordination with the Ann Arbor District Library, mm-hmm. um, and the idea is it's just kind of a, to celebrate getting kids reading comics. Yeah, so Jersey uh, Drozd over at the AADL. I don't know if he works works there. His wife does. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they're uh, awesome folks, and they're putting this thing together, and it's quite a lineup this year. Huge It's lineup. huge. So we got uh, Keen Sue, Faith Aaron Hicks, Raina Telgemeier, Dave Roman, Rafael Rosado, Zach Gorman. It just goes on and on and on. So many people. Um, our own Rachel Polk is going to be uh, involved in the event and doing signings and selling her own comic. Um, wait a minute. Aren't you guys, Marcus and Rachel, are working on a comic yeah. that's going to be for sale at this event? We hope. I just realized that. Yeah. Fingers crossed. No, it's gonna happen. Yeah, the writing is done. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Miss Polk is 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 on the art as as we speak. You're you're putting it in in her ballpark. Well, I'm here for support. Um, but I've seen I've seen the drafts. Yeah, they look great. Well, I'm excited to read it. I'm excited for it to be out there in the world. It's gonna be a really cool event. We're gonna be there's gonna be signings by from all these folks at the shop. Um, on Saturday and Sunday, the 20th and the 21st. And we'll be interviewing damn near all of these people um, also that we're going to put on the on the podcast. It's going to be cool. It's going to be a crazy what, weekend. three-day yeah. event? Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Yeah, Friday there's going to be a big artist draw wall in front of the comic shop. So like all of these really cool artists and probably a bunch of little kids are going to like draw on walls in front of the comic shop yeah. outside. That we will build. That Curtis is going to build. This is like It'll where, be me. This is where Curtis eats, in case you guys haven't met. Curtis Sullivan. Mm-hmm. This is like figuring out a weird slapadash like construction project made out of garbage yes. and bailing wire. <laughs> like that is Curtis's shit. The first vault of minute was made completely of garbage and bailing wire. <laughs> yeah. But it looked all right. You could, you who would know? Yeah. yeah. It's a movie set. It's a real movie set. It's a fake western town. Yeah. The veneer of a comic shop, if you will. Yeah. So it's going to be cool. It's going to be nuts. Uh, we also have Phoebe Gleckner. Uh, the graphic novelist is also going to be at the shop on Friday night for an unrelated event. That's part of, the, I think that's the Ann Arbor Book Crawl. It yeah. is. Yeah. Part of the Ann Arbor Book Fest. Yeah. Phoebe's an amazing lady, so if you're around, if you can make it Friday night to this event. Oh my goodness. She's yeah. a blast. If you've never seen her speak before, it is wild. That being said, I, I know the Phoebe Gleckner event is very close to the Kids Read Comics event. Yeah. Her event, probably not for the kids. No. At all. Her work is not for the youngsters. No. It's for the everybody else, probably. That's right. But yeah, but she's phenomenal, and she is nuts in the best possible way. I think she's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm deeply in love with her. I don't know if she knows that. She does now. Well, she probably won't listen to this, but yeah, she is such oh, an she's awesome a fan. lady. Yeah. So. I sure. assume. Yeah. 
So that's what's going on. It's Kids Read Comics. We did a live podcast. I think that that wraps up our, our jibber-jabber. It's time to move on to the comic books. Cool. Cue the comic book bump music. Comics. This is big picks time, you mean. Let's do the big picks. So okay. every week we each pick one comic. Sometimes we pick more than that if the mood should strike us. And uh, this is stuff that we think everybody should read because in a sea of comic books, it's hard to select. If you only had to choose three this week, maybe consider these. Maybe consider this. So my pick this week is Old Man Logan, number one, written by my close friend, Brian Michael Bendis. I call him BMB. I love everything this dude writes. It's so good. And the cool thing about Old Man Logan was I read it. I was like, man, I don't know who's writing this book, but the writing is solid. Went to the front cover. Brian Michael Bendis, of course. I should have known right away. And it's kind of cool because it doesn't like it doesn't read like a no. like a BMB or no. It definitely has a little bit more of a, a feel for when he was doing the Marvel Max stuff. Do you remember? Like yeah, when yeah, he yeah. did Alias and st- yeah, it's a dark book. Yeah, yeah. So it's got. And a it's also bit not more... packed with word bubbles. No, which like is, a lot of his stuff. Yeah, is. He, there's no multi-page conversation bubble. Uh, which yeah, is kind of which I like it when he does yeah, that. Yeah, sure. You know, but yeah, it definitely feels a little different. So Old Man Logan. Um, We've seen this character before. Where? In the comic series, Old Man Logan. A limited run. Yeah. What was it, nine issues? Yeah, it was, uh, that was a Mark Miller yeah. joint. It was a Miller World joint, wasn't drawn, it? Yeah, it was. Drawn by Steve McNiven. Oh, well, yeah. This so is, beautiful. This book is drawn by uh, Andrea Sorrentino, and this art style is totally my jam. It's really, really cool. What do you like about it? I, it's so gritty. It just has like a wonderful gritty feel to it, and this book opens up right away with like a, a gangster poker match that's happening. Yeah, and you got this guy and he's covered in tattoos. It's a gladiator, but he's wearing an Iron Man mask, and this art style just makes it look different and fresh, and and it's awesome. Man, these so these are all like like toughs hanging out wearing superheroes. Costumes yeah, that they like so probably like, found somewhere, and they're like playing poker, wearing these found like masks and right. shit. So this world, this this part of Battle World that Old Man Logan is in, is is pretty much gang run at this point. So we know about two different gangs. There's this Iron Man led Daredevil gang, where the head guy is Iron Man, and all of his lackeys wear Daredevil costumes. And then the other one is the Punishers, which mm-hmm. is another gang. But um, it's awesome. Like this world is totally messed up. All these lackeys are wearing Daredevil costumes, and they have no idea what it references. Yeah, so much time has passed; they don't even right. know who yeah. Double D is. Right. They just think he looks sweet. But this book has a lot of really cool gems for for comic readers too. Like there's a whole Luke Cage, Jessica Jones reference in here. I love it. Um, it's really awesome. So this is in the context of the Battle Worlds. That's right. We're in the wasteland. And in this wasteland, this <laughs> Curtis, what were you saying earlier? This is like they just they had to put Wolverine somewhere. Yeah, so it, you know, I love Battle World. It works on so many levels. It's fun, it's well written, it's beautifully yeah. drawn. But when you start to crack off kind of like the zones the that logistics. are happening. Yeah. Who's you know? the zoning board for <laughs> exactly. the Battle World? You know, because Doom has got this iron hand, the Doom God like reigns over all. Yeah. But then the wasteland is like, you know, a lawless Let's be on a shithole. Yeah. yeah. And old man Logan is there. Yeah. Totally. You know, why did why did this chunk end up on the battle world? But it's Who not knows? it's it's got a little bit of a Wild West feel to totally it. Totally does. But also there are like dinosaurs roaming around it. I, I don't know if you caught that. Total yeah, dinosaurs. In the background. Yeah. yeah. There actually are dinosaurs wandering around the West. Yeah. That's oh. ac- that's actually based in reality. Yeah, cool. We, Good yeah. to know. 
Um, this is basically historical fiction. So yeah. Old Man yeah. Logan's kind of this Clint Eastwood-like character roaming the wastelands, trying to bring justice to those who need it. And uh, he's you know cleaning up gangs, and he's freeing slaves, and he has a beautiful couple-page moment where he runs into Emma Frost, and they have a really great interaction. I thought it was wonderfully written. Agreed. Um, one of my favorite pieces of Secret Wars yet, Old Man Logan number one. It's out of this world good. It's super fun. It's serious, but it also like doesn't take itself too seriously at the same time. And I love it when comic writers are willing to flirt with that line. Does he ever say bub in this book? I, I don't love think it he does when, say I love bub. It when he says he, he bub. says it one time to the to uh well, we won't say anymore, but he does. He cracks it off once. Oh, I missed it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, old man Logan is the best Logan because he's like kind of slowed down a little bit. His his cares given are minimal because he's seen so much. But he's still Wolverine. He's still got the claws. He's still got the you know rejuvenation powers. I really dig it. I'm not a huge Wolverine guy. He's not on my top ten favorite superhero list. You're not I'm a huge Wolverine guy. No. So Prairie Home Companion, yes. Yes. Billy Joel, true. Sure. Wolverine, no. no. Yeah. I, no. It's part of the bub thing. Like he's you know he's got this thing you know it's like what do you think about that? He's a little too ornery bub. for you. He's like he, I don't know. You know, uh, most people don't know how to write Wolverine. I he's, agree. With that's that. for sure. Great character, but yeah, he's a, a lot of bub and arm hair in the hands of almost every writer. Yeah, yeah. and that's a bummer because you can do some cool stuff with him. I agree. You think they write his arm hair in? You know, the... I think they think about it too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't know what I mean by that exactly. But I think I know, you know exactly. He's sort what of you a hunched over, cranky, you know, dude but... who says bub like way, way too much. Oh, and he smokes cigars. That's like a personality yeah. Yeah. that he has. That he smokes cigars. But what I like about this is like in this particular story, we can tell that a lot of the superheroes that we know are dead in the wastelands already. So like, there's a town called Hammerfall. And it's called that because Thor's hammer is just chilling there. No one can pick it up. Where's Thor? We're going to guess he's dead, right? Or else he'd come pick his hammer up. It's really cool. Little things like that. I just really dig them. So this thing picks up. It's cool. It's set in Battleworld, but it picks up right after the events of Old Man Logan. And I don't want to spoil any of this for folks who haven't read Old Man Logan. I would say go read it. Yeah. It's a ton of fun. It's super good. There's a couple wonky bits, but overall, I mean, that's a great Wolverine story. It's another classic Mark Miller, like, the premise is so dope. And there's moments in it where it's the best thing that's yeah. happened. You and know, then by the end it. of it, it's like, what? Did, are we still doing this? But it, it, the idea of it and the, yeah, exactly, like you said, like, you could, you could see that he just had these, like, specific moments planned out and they're just perfectly nailed. Super worth reading. Uh, yeah, so you don't have to go back and read that before you read this. I love the way it picks up. I was wondering, like, what are we going to do with this? Right. Yeah. But it, it comes into it, you know, essentially, you know, three weeks after the end of Old Man Logan. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. And even if you haven't read Old Man Logan, I think you could dive right in with this issue no and problem. have a ton of fun. Yep. So, yeah, my pick, Old Man Logan, Secret Wars number one. Ton S- of fun. Pick it up. Awesome. Secret Wars, man. Still going strong. Yep. Here's why I have a question. Why didn't they just call this crossover Battle World? Good question. Yeah. Secret Wars sure. makes no sense. It's just a reference to another event that happened a long time ago. Is that all it is? They're they just cashing in on the name? Because it's Battle World. Everything is Secret Wars, Battle World, and then the title. Yeah. I wonder if it's the opposite. Like a book like Old Man Logan, you could just, I think you could just pick this up. You could I totally. I don't pick even, this up. even know if you need Secret Wars. No. Oh no! Anything else. I don't think. I don't think you do at all. So they're kind of doing both, these. right? They yeah. want you want to get people just like, oh, I remember Old Man Logan, or I like right. Wolverine. Cool. 
or people who are doing the Secret Wars thing. But why is it Secret Wars? I don't know. What's the secret? I think well, he's climb. Well, anyways, yeah. it is tied in to to the thing. It right? totally is tied yeah. in. But it, it uh, anyway, we're going we're going around in circles here, you guys. It's great. Pick it up. Also, I will say I've read I think every Secret Wars book to come out so far, um, and and all of them have been fun. Marcus, can I ask you a question? Sure. Have you ever read any BMB at a BNB? No, I'm 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 legitimately thinking if this has happened. Airbnbs count. Oh, because Marcus loves bed and breakfasts. I do, yeah. and he loves Brian Michael Bennis's. You know, I'm sure at some point during my childhood, I was reading Ultimate Spider-Man at a bed and breakfast. There you go. Yeah, I'm sure that's happened. Perfect. Yeah. I felt like that was the case. Yeah, in my gut. Yeah, Jilly, Billy Joel, Jilly Bowl, just <laughs> softly playing in the background. Thank you for your pick this week, Marcus. You're welcome, Nick Wybar. Guess who else has a pick? Who? Curtis, dude. I do. What's your pick, man? Man, I'm so glad we all agreed that this was a great pick, and it's kind of like we'll all just sing its praises together. Like, you know. Nobody agrees. You're the only one that thinks that. Issue number one, Sons of the Devil. Yeah. New from Image Comics, Brian Bosaleto and Tony Infante on the art. This is a hell of a, hell of a name combo. Yeah. Yeah. Brian's been doing comics for a million, million years. He's done a ton of stuff for Vertigo over the years. Mm-hmm. He's done a ton, a ton of stuff for Marvel. I love this particular book. What's it about? This is about a orphan. Keep going. Uh, he has uh, two different colored eyeballs. Okay. One blue, one red. What does that mean? We that don't know. That he's special? That he's extra special, because first he's an orphan. Yeah. Special. And now he's got these cool eyeballs. Okay. More special. This is all we need to know about him. Yeah, so this book opens up with a mother and a father uh, on the run. Honey, quick, we got to pack up our stuff. We got to get out of here. Somebody busts in the house. Oh, my goodness. Bad stuff happens. Flash forward years later, this dude's doing his thing, working at a car garage. Yeah. Having a hard time. Ha- having a rough time. Yeah. Um, he's got some anger issues. Mm-hmm. Classic orphan maneuver. Um, yeah, and, and uh, somebody becomes aware that he's around somebody with s- the same colored eyeballs. And maybe there is... Has anybody ever seen this movie, Cobra, starring Sylvester Stallone? No, no. I've never seen that. So it's, it's a, a story about a cult that has infiltrated all facets of society. Lawyers. McDonald's workers. Yeah, like Republicans. Republicans, <laughs> exactly. Uh, they're everywhere, and you just don't know who these these cult members are. Mm-hmm. So this book alludes to a massive cult, and this cult is interested in this orphan. I loved it. I thought it was very... I liked the art. The art is wonderful. I thought the plot left a lot to be desired. Um I was excited. The, the cover is sweet. We just got off a really good horror book a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I thought maybe this would wet the palette for horror comics again, but I got to be honest, this book did very little for me. Like, it was just a lot of, I don't know what's going on, and I'm really angry, and people I know are dying around me, and I've just read that book so many times. I totally disagree, and I'm not reading another book like this. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that maybe the cult, there is no supernatural. That's my feeling going into this. It's maybe people who believe in the supernatural, maybe like, say, a satanic cult might. You know, no disrespect to anybody who actually believes in magic, but uh, 
yeah, maybe magic is not real in this book. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's crazy people. We don't know. I like the speed of this book. Yeah. I like the way they dropped you in. You don't know what's happening. I thought there was some, f- you know, some familiar stuff in Orphan, these kind of things. Yeah. That we've seen. I really like the pace of this book. I love the ending. I, I can't wait for issue number two. I thought two. the pacing was kind of weird. I thought it was kind of disjointed. I dug it. I like I like the way it jumped around. Can we talk about um, the lettering? We can. On this yeah, book? Yeah, what is up with the lettering on this book? So we've seen this. So I think Rumble does the almost the exact same lettering. And it, and it works for that book, and I don't know why it doesn't work for this book. Yeah, I, I um, noticed the lettering, too, and I, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to think about lettering unless it's particularly good, like if it's really if it's done really, really well. And I've just kept thinking, like, why are they doing this? Why does it look like this? Yeah. I think, it, I think it's a – I don't know if it's custom lettering, but it looks like it, and I, I love that. It looks like a, like a weird – anyway, it, it, it threw me off, and I don't have the, the language to kind of articulate it. It's kind of like a weird font of some kind. You can tell that it's not – it doesn't seem hand done, but I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know from lettering. I found it to be distracting. Yeah. More than enhancing. But a lot of stuff happens in this book. So I submit to you guys. This yeah. is this is my thing. I submit to you and to all of uh, the internet. No more orphans. In fiction. Okay. I thought you were about to just drop some like really important social policy. No. Like, no more orphans. Well, I think that'd be great. But yeah. I'm, but I'm saying I think we've exhausted the use of orphans in fiction. I'm fucking sick of it. It's too much. It's too many orphans in all comic books and books, and TV and movies. Everybody's an orphan, you guys. That's like te- it's like it's instant characterization, right? Because I it tells it, could you, be. it tells you all that you need to know. Maybe. But orphans are everywhere in fiction. I think it's lazy. I, I don't like rules, generally speaking. Yeah. So if you can do a good orphan story, by all means do it. I'm not saying there, and some, been, uh, there and, have been And sometimes stories, stories leap into your mind, you know, fully formed or half formed, and they might have an orphan in it. And if we have a decree, if we have a law stating that that is no longer on the creative table, right. I think that would be a mistake. I think it's but, overdone. So I think I, it should be recognized as an overdone trope. Yeah. And you should be aware of that. I, and if I, you're going to use it, you got to be careful with it. Well, we can't blame the Dark Knight for comics going dark. Some people try in yeah. vain. Those people are but are wrong. We, I think Batman, most famous orphan ever. It's Part, not his fault, though. Superman, Charlatans uh, and super, pretenders cannot it's be... It's not his fault. Uh, Sorry, Mark. Yeah. Superman's also orphan. Oh, don't even get me started. Green Lantern, list. pretty sure. Hail Jordan, orphan. Wedge Antilles. Frodo Baggins. I'm reading off a list that I found on the internet now. And it's just James Bond is an orphan. He is. Yeah, but nobody knows this, so it doesn't inform the Actually, character. Actually, in Goldeneye, they make it very clear that his parents die in a tragic and all rock sorts climbing of accident. Catwoman's an orphan. I think your orphan, orphan thing is crazy. Cinderella's an orphan. No, we can see why the orphan uh, storyline is appealing, right? Because we have characters who are going to break the mold. We have heroes that are going to do things that are interesting. And if they have parents, there's someone there to be like, you shouldn't do that because I'm responsible for your actions. Well, it's just like instant adversity. Like yep. all, right off the bat, you're like, I should be, I should be concerned about this person. He's already over. He or she is already like overcoming something. It's just there's other ways to do it. At this point, I think it's just been used so many times. It's been done to death. No more orphans. I'm gonna get hashtag no more orphans. Well, anyways, <laughs> I can't stress enough that I have no problem with actual. With an actual orphan. Yeah, I'm not way. convinced of that right now, Nick. I'm going to say this. Uh, if you like, uh, I think this is a modern crime with a bizarre cult twist. I, I, there's no other book like this I'm reading. Um, issue number one, Sons of the Devil. 
check it out. Uh, Brian Bosaledo, uh worked on Hellblazer over at uh, Vertigo, by the way, mm-hmm. and he did some Flash over at DC is a couple examples of what he's done. Thank you, Rachel, for the quick look up. And uh, Excellent. moving on, uh, I love all the orphans in the whole world. <laughs> Evil Ernie's an orphan. I never kn- we never knew that. It doesn't matter that you didn't know that Boba Fett's an orphan. Why doesn't it matter if it doesn't inform the character? Like it does inform the character. But but if you don't this know, is the, this where is the point. No, wrong. <laughs> Cavewoman. Did I mention Cavewoman is an orphan? Well, I did know that. No, and Let's sometimes for somebody to put a superhero costume on, orphan's not a bad reason. You know, it's pretty weird to dress up like a bat. It's not a bad reason. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Moving on, Nick. What's your big pick? I have two big picks. Um, I'm, I'm breaking the rules, you guys. You rule breaker. I'm breaking the rules this week. I'm a rebel, like Billy Joel. I marched to the beat of my own drummer. Billy Joel's a fine 80s classic rock artist. Everybody tries to put me in a corner, me and Billy Joel, but... So I'm a piano man, this shit. We got two advanced reader copies of uh, these books from Abrams that haven't come out yet. So it's super exclusive. You haven't read them yet because they don't exist yet. Tell me about them. <laughs> Do you guys like the, my, yeah, uh, my my superior comic shop dude voice? That's pretty good. Um, and they are two graphic novels. One's from Daryl Cunningham. It's uh, The book is Ayn Rand. And the other one is... Um, Sorry, I've got this all Rutabaga. on my phone here. It's Rutabaga, and the creator is Eric Colossal. So Rutabaga, Rutabaga the Adventure Chef was completely awesome, completely adorable. It opens up on this dude. He's wandering through the forest. He comes into a clearing. There's like a hero's sword like you know, that's been stuck in the forest probably for hundreds of years or whatever. And he sees it off in the distance. He's like, I found it. And he walks up to it. And there's all this stuff growing off of it, all these like plants and weird things. And so he approaches the sword and he picks a little mushroom off of it. And that's all he wanted because he, for this ingredient and the recipe he's working on, you can only find this mushroom that grows on ancient artifacts. Let me stop you right there. So he's taking a classic trope, the writer, yeah. of like the hero sword stuck in the ground. Yeah. And he's turning it on his head. And he's turning it on his head. So like the hero sword that we've seen in countless stories. Yeah. Just for like a quick gag. It's good though, because yeah. luckily nobody made a rule like no more hero swords, like ever in a story. So if we were taking because if we like legislated that and made it law, yeah, Rutabaga so wouldn't exist. If you so if, if now if we took the orphan thing and made a quick gag out of it, a quick one page gag. But out there's of no it. room for that though, because we're gonna outlaw all orphans in fiction. If your <laughs> character, if your main character, I'm getting a look that we cannot keep talking about orphans. I love orphans, real life orphans. Hey. So Rutabaga, the Adventure Chef, um, that's the whole book. It's like it's him wandering around with this like band of adventurers, and he's just trying to make sweet recipes. And they go into like you know they'll just take a couple of pages and do a fake recipe featuring mystical ingredients. It's super light. It reminds me of um, Pang. The Wandering Shaolin Monk Ooh. by Ben oh, Costa in nice. its in its art style yeah. and it's kind of, it's not it, it's not nearly as serious. It's totally an all age book. This uh, Rutabaga is. Um, it is going to be releasing soon, and I am uh, really excited about it because I it was completely off my radar. So the recipes in the book aren't usable by actual humans. It doesn't look like it. Some of them look like they possibly like they're in the realm of po- yeah. like he's basing it off true recipes. Because man. That makes it so much cooler if in the back of the book there's like all the actual yeah. recipes that well, I can cook. What was that book a few years ago? Relish? 
Yeah. Yeah. Where That's they, a like, great book. They'd have like real recipes and real info about food. Yeah, done by First Second right Press. In. Yeah. Yeah, it's a that great book. That was cool. Um, the uh, other book that I wanted to talk about really briefly is The Age of Selfishness. I butchered the title of this uh, last time. Um, and this has been released, and hopefully we will see it at the shop really soon. I think this was... We uh, definitely ordered it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is like half biography of Ayn Rand, and, and it's super fascinating. She had a super interesting life. You just sighed and shook your head so hard, Marcus. You know how I feel about that particular individual. Yeah, we, that's why we need to like learn a lot about her. That's right. right? Um, because regardless, she re- led a really interesting life, and her views as told to us in the age of selfishness like have had a huge impact on like the world and the financial sector and so the other half of the book is like what's going on with the economy and how is objectivism and how is Ayn Rand's kind of worldview like what what are the what are the ripple effects of like what she brought to society it was super interesting I really really dug it yeah the, the I don't know much about her except we don't agree on a lot of things when I when I hear stuff but her dogma is so fully formed yeah that uh, it can be compelling, I guess, to folks, and that's why it's, it seems like it's endured and kind of infiltrated, yeah, uh, the way it has. And she ran; it, she didn't run, but she had like this kind of organic semi cult around her of people who just like were hanging just by the power of her personality. It's super interesting. It is super critical of her. Like, it's not very balanced. Like, it it starts from a place of like. You know, Ayn Rand had some issues, yeah. and the people around her had some issues. It's not it's not a very kind of even-handed portrayal of her. It would be um, hard to write that, I think. Which is, well, mm. they didn't try in yeah. this book. Yeah. But it was really entertaining and super interesting. Interesting. So um, those are my picks this week, and we're going to have them in the shop really soon. So that's The Age of Selfishness by Daryl Cunningham and um, Rutabaga by I'm Eric Colossal. I'm so Colossal. excited for this Rutabaga book. It is... Like, all ages comics are really interesting because kids will read so quickly that often we'll get kids who come in and it's like, oh, have you read this? Yep. Have you read this? Yep. And they've literally read all the bangers. Once they start going Once, down exactly. uh, and it's, it's, the ladder, yeah. It's so rewarding yeah. to see when that happens. So it's awesome. Like, the the last one for me was Courageous Princess that got reprinted by Dark yeah. Horse. But now my, my, like, group of 30 kids who come in every week... They've all gone through that already. Yeah. So it's really exciting when we get like fresh new all ages material. Really good all ages yeah. books. We definitely have a couple parents who went from I just need to get my child reading something to that same parent six months later, like, You're breaking the bank. Yeah. They've read the whole wall. It's awesome. It it's makes pretty me cool. Super happy. Yep. So those are our big picks this week. We awesome. had uh, Old Man Logan number one. Secret Wars Battle World. Curtis had... Um, Sons of the Devil. Sons of the Devil. Number one, and, Image Comics. And my two picks were the graphic novels um, by Daryl Cunningham and Eric Colossal. Eric Colossal, great name. Very good name. Yeah. And now, let's round it up with, gonna the, with the pull box. Jump into the pull box. So there's uh, so many more books that come out every single week. Mm-hmm. We can't possibly get to them all, but we're going to try. Yeah. Marcus, what's in your poll box? So, where monsters dwell, number one, the Phantom Eagle flies the savage skies. This is a Secret Wars book uh, that is done in very much a pulp fashion. It's about a World War One ace pilot mm-hmm. who's uh, fallen on hard times. He takes a job to make some money and ends up in the savage world, this dinosaur-ridden area of the Ooh. Marvel Universe. Cool. Ton of fun. He's a real pile of garbage as a human being, and that's awesome. It makes for a really compelling character. Biplanes and pterodactyls, cool. Um, I got Shazam, number two. This is a Convergence book. 
This is the best thing that's happened uh, at con- out of Convergence is, for me is the Shazam book. Yeah. This issue, uh, the battle is uh, versus Gotham by Gaslight Bathma- Batman. It's so cool. Bathman? Bathman. So Shazam number two, it's a two-parter. They're both out. Uh, Eric Doc Shaner's doing the art on this book. His art is incredible. I want this guy to draw a million more comics. Uh, Mike Mignola's the guy who did Gotham by Gaslight Batman. It's a whole very distinct uh, universe, uh, uh, Mike Mignola's style Batman. This was a great comic. Yeah. Uh, one and two still available. Check it out. Do you think Bathman's parents died in the shower? <laughs> I hope not, because his name's Bathman, so he's probably in the bathroom quite a bit. My pick this week was Fight Club 2, number one. I, this is not my pick. I don't pick this, but I did read it, and fans of Fight Club, I think, are really going to dig it. Because Actually it, written by Chuck. It's it's written by uh, Chuck uh, Palahniuk. Yeah. Am I pronouncing that right? I have no idea. I think so. I've heard it said that way. But uh, it's definitely more Fight Club. It definitely clarified some things to me about Fight Club. That I've always, but if you want to come talk to me about that personally, I don't want to shit all over this comic book right now. But it definitely came out this week. Fight Club 2, number one. Fans of Fight Club will dig it. Awesome. Nice. So Frankenstein number three, speaking of Mike Mignola, this is a little mini-series that he's doing about Frankenstein. Who was speaking about Mike Mignola? Curtis just me just, just a moment ago. Oh, I wasn't listening. Listening. He did Bothman. Yeah. Um, yeah, Frankenstein Underground. This book is awesome. I really like it. It, it has that Hellboy style, but it's a totally fresh new story, and I love it. Agreed. Uh, Divinity number four. This is from Valiant Comics. This is Matt Kent, Trevor Hershine. This is the fourth issue, the end of this story arc of Divinity. It was um, very moving. This is about an astronaut, a cosmonaut, Russian cosmonaut, who goes into space for a very long time, comes back a god. Uh, this is him on Earth, and um, the way this wraps I thought was quite moving. Loved it. Great series from Valiant Comics. Really, I'm really enjoying that book, man. That's really, really good. It, it's, uh, it's. I didn't know it was excellent. four part limited, though. Four part limited, then they're gonna come back later in the year do another four parter. Yeah. So it's oh, you know, cool. gonna be chapters, if you will. So this is the first arc is wrapping up. So that's Divinity. Divinity number four, Valiant Comics. Excellent. I have uh, Pisces number two. I am really looking forward to reading this because I liked the first one and really did not understand uh, what was going on in it. Or at least what the big arc was, or like I'm right what, there with you. what they were getting at. But yeah. I liked it. There was something about it that was really cool. So looking forward to it. Um, I'm gonna end on Inhumans, Atalan Rising. Um, if you don't know anything about the Inhumans, this book might be a little confusing. I will admit, but the last three pages of this book have a have a twist that had me. Don't they all? No, but this one had me like giggly in my seat. It cool. was so good. Giggly in your G- seat. Giggly, um, giggly in your seat. If you want a ton of Doom God, this book is is the book for you. Also, Black Bolt makes an appearance in a way that you've never seen him before. Lovely. Uh, Invisible Republic number three, Gabriel Hardman. Uh, this is a killer book. Uh, they ratchet up the violence and the scariness in this particular issue. Our uh, two protagonists are split up, and it's yeah. harrowing and excellent. Uh, this is sci-fi. It's a political thriller told through the eyes of a reporter. Sometimes. Great book. Super good book. You want to just rifle through a few more? Modoc Assassin. That was my one. that was my pick where my, my last one is Modoc Assassin. Hey, quick, what does Modoc stand for? Quick. Somebody go. Machine only designed for killing. Only for killing? Only for killing. Anyway, Modoc. He is, kills good. Is he kills good. If you've never read a Modoc comic, 
dive in. Yeah. Modoc Assassin number one. So I didn't know if this comic was going to be terrible. I didn't order a lot of them. Get to the comic shop, order one. If it's not there, we'll try to special order one for you. Uh, but it was excellent. Modoc is a crazy ass character. He's yeah, so he's hilarious. Uh, what do we got here? Sabrina number three, which has been great. Marcus. Infinity Gauntlet number one, Secret Wars. It was excellent. Material is the new books from Alex Cott, who's been doing uh, Zero over at Image. It was weird. I don't know if I loved it. Suiciders number four. Uh, everybody who fell off this book, fall back on it. It is really developing. I am in love with this book. It's Libra Mayho, the art and writing. Great. And then uh, Convergence number eight. Convergence ends. So let's spend some time next week and talk about Convergence. Let's do okay. a little post-mortem. Um, we will indeed. We'll get into the nuts and bolts of uh, what happened at the end of Convergence and uh, where we're it, going. What does it mean? It means some stuff. DC's yeah. changing some stuff. Uh, I've read a bunch of previews on some of their new books, and uh, I liked I liked what I was reading. Yeah. So there it is. Convergence. It's over. Well, that's our poll box. It's also over. I can hear Billy Joel. He's just getting into My Life, Yep. the acoustic version on the bongos. He loosens the tie. This is usually how he starts to wrap it up. Yeah. He's going to do Piano Man mm. probably soon on the ukulele. Yeah. And then that's, the concert's pretty much over, so we're almost out of time. Remember that time he redefined rap music with that one song where it's like, Vietnam, don't anymore. Oh, we didn't start the fire? We didn't start the fire. Is yeah. that the name of that song? That is, is. the name okay. of that song. Yeah, it's a pretty... Pretty good song. Yeah, yeah. no, he, uh, you know, changed the whole game with that one. Yeah, that's a fan. That's, whew. Thank you. Thank you for that. By popular demand, apparently, a new segment we introduced last week called You're an Asshole. Yep. Nick. <laughs> Not to be confused with a, our fishing segment, You're a Basshole. <laughs> Nick, you don't like orphans. Listen. You're an asshole. This is not... I like orphans. No. Actual real life orphans. Look, you're taking people who literally have the hardest life circumstance. Fake people. And you're <laughs> Fake saying, people. You're saying, no, no, no. No. You're taking people, fictional or not, who have literally had the hardest life circumstance. And you're saying, because you have to go through all that trial and all that tribulation, you are no longer allowed to be in comics because I'm sick of reading about your hard, challenging tasks that you must overcome just, to become a greater human not being. Not just comics, though. TV and books, too. I'm throwing that out there, too. <laughs> you hate orphans, dude. Harry Potter's an orphan. Yeah, and it's a great, great narrative. Ugh. Done by J.K. Rowling. You Ugh. don't love... You love Harry Potter. No, no, no. We no, I was on. talking to Nick about Harry Potter. And I said, oh, Nick, have you read Harry Potter? And he looked at me dead in the eyes yeah. like he does. He was like... No, because I'm a grown man. No, because you asked me a piece of Harry Potter trivia <laughs> yeah, I know that I didn't know, I know because I read it and then moved on with my life. I'm not going to shit on orphans and Harry Potter fans. That's not ha Nice try, you guys. This I'm week not in doing You're it. an Asshole. I, right, Harry I accept Potter. the designation. I accept the asshole designation. <laughs> I put, I'm wearing the hat, the asshole dunce hat. That's fine, but I just want to be clear. I don't hate actual orphans. But you do hate Harry Potter. I don't hate Harry Potter. <laughs> Other shit has happened since Harry Potter. That's what I'm saying. Fucking move which, on. Which house, Other would, shit which has house happened. would you be in? I That's, think you're a Slytherin. I'm not answering that question. I think you're a Slytherin. I'm not answering that question. <laughs> I think that's actually going to do it for us this week, you guys. But thus, regardless, you're such ends, a Slytherin. thus ends another issue of Super Skull, the Vault of Midnight podcast. Uh, you can hear us every Wednesday around about 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, wherever podcasts are found, and depending on when your device updates. Our music was created by A-Bomb. Our logo was designed with care and with love by Philip Wong. 
Our producer is Rachel Raybop Polk. Uh, make sure that you follow us on Twitter and Instagram. At Super Skull Show is our handle. Like us on Facebook. Do all the things that you do on the, with your social media. Super Skull is brought to you by Vault of Midnight, Earth's finest comic books and stuff since 1996. This is Nick Wybar for Curtis Sullivan, Marcus Schwimmer, Billy and, Joel. and the man, the legend. I mean, you can hear that standing ovation. I just heard everybody stand up. It was like this hurricane of wind as the whole crowd stood up. He just must have finished his second encore. That was awesome. But for all of us, uh, thank you very much for listening and good reading until next week. Sleep.